Welcome back, everybody. This is Talk O Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Riggler. And we are back, Alex, for the first time together, at least. Taco Tuesday was back last Tuesday. But me and you are back for the first time in 2020. And honestly, was it like the first time in a month that we're back together recording? Um, how was your winter break? How are you? I'm good, man. It's it's definitely been a while. It's weird. Uh, it feels like uh, we haven't recorded in a really long time. But uh, yeah, it was good, man. How was yours? Everything was really good. We both had a little a bit of break from like full-time jobs. So I feel like refreshed. I feel good. And in the midst of a nine-game win streak by the Lakers, I feel really good recording this podcast right now. It's crazy how like these nine-game win streaks or seven-game win streaks they just become like I don't even feel them anymore. Like they just become like like second nature with this team. So that's definitely really cool. Yeah, in a, in seasons past, we're like, are they going to win ten games this year? <laughs> now they're winning ten, fifteen, nine in a row. No big deal without Anthony Davis. Three-game win streak. So it's really cool to see. Um, as far as what's going on with Silver Screen and Roll, I'll just bring it up real quick because I know people have asked you and you've tweeted your your what's going on with you and I've tweeted what's going on. But as far as we know for this podcast, I think we're going to continue to do it every Wednesday or Tuesday night. We sit here recording um, as of right now. And like I tweeted, if anything changes, you know, we'll let you guys know. But as of right now, we should still be doing this every Tuesday. Yeah, I think as of this episode, I think um, at least until March, I'm not sure about after that quite yet. But um, in terms of this show and uh, like my role on the site, yeah, I think until March, we should still be good to, to go, which I'm happy about. Yeah, I'm very happy about that, too. And you can catch Alex's work on silverscreenandroll.com right now as of this moment. So what did you write this last one? I've seen you've been tweeting some crazy ass charts, man. Like, I'm just like, I'm having a hard time following with what you're even tweeting. It's so far above my head. What have you been, what is, what are you writing and what are you tweeting, man? It's so interesting. Uh, pretty much nothing. <laughs> it's just like random charts with their, their shooting percentages and stuff. But, um, uh, the last thing I wrote for the site was like, uh, like a, a like a column I've been doing called like the good, bad, and uh, curious, where I kind of look at some of the storylines revolving the team after, 40 games because we're at the halfway point pretty much now. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, I, I try to kind of give my thoughts about what's gone on this season and the good things and some of the bad things. And also some things we haven't really, really seen yet, like them going super small, like we saw the other day. So um, yeah, pretty much that, that, that came out on Monday. And then before that, I, I was uh, really pumped for that Taylor Horton Tucker uh, piece I did. So yeah, Besides that, just same old, same old, just tweeting out charts and stuff. Well, you can follow those charts at <laughs> Alex M. Regla on Twitter. But you have been tweeting about the Lakers, like, wide open three-point percentage mm-hmm. and how that's gone up. They were basically dead last last year in that category. And now they're middle of the pack. They're about 15th, 16th this year. So that's an improvement. I mean, for all the offseason moves they did, I mean, hopefully that was supposed to improve, right? I mean, that's a massive improvement. Like, I wish... I mean, we can always wish they'd be better than like, average the 15th, but considering they were last, like 30th last year, like average is a massive improvement. So yeah, that's definitely a sign that uh, things are getting better. So as we sit here today on Tuesday night, the Lakers are 33 and seven first place in the West. They are on a nine game win streak. They're on a three game win streak without Anthony Davis. They do play the magic on Wednesday night at Staples at seven 30 Rajon Rondo, according to reports, is not going to play. 
and Anthony Davis is questionable. But you had an update just as far as we have right now on Tuesday night on Anthony Davis. And what did it say? I think as of last uh, tweet from Tanya Ganguly, she said that um, as of now, AD is questionable for tomorrow. But considering he hasn't taken any full contact during practice and hasn't been seen like sprinting or running quite much, that I'm not sure how likely it is he plays either as of uh, as of today. Okay, so but the Lakers are three and zero. The Magic are not a fantastic team. Um, they're nineteen and twenty one. I thought what was so impressive. I know other podcasts have already covered it, but I thought it was a really impressive two game back to back road trip. And then uh, obviously last night they beat the Cavs uh, overwhelmingly one twenty eight ninety nine. But at Dallas they win by fifteen. At the Thunder they win by fifteen. It's just like, whoa, this team is uh, pretty impressive. And it's really nice to see other players um, kind of just fill in for Anthony Davis. Dwight Howard has just been an absolute diamond in the rough, basically. I mean, we all knew, we've talked about it many times, that he was the best available as far as upside goes. But obviously, mentally, is a whole different thing. But Dwight Howard has been so impressive this year. For the LA Lakers, probably my biggest surprise of the year is how well Dwight Howard um, has been this year. It, it's honestly been, it's obviously it's a pleasant surprise, but it's been a really big surprise for me. Um, has anything stood out like surprise you more than Dwight Howard, or is is he also on on that level for you? I think overall, just how resilient this team has been, and I think Dwight is like a really good example of that. About you know when we when we first heard that the Lakers were considering him and when they signed him, everybody kind of complained and were really upset and kind of just thought of the negatives when it came to him. And I'm sure he heard all that, that criticism, and he knows it firsthand what his reputation is in the league. And what did he do? He came in, like, in the best shape of his life. He has been the perfect teammate. He, he showed that level of resiliency that I think this team shows every night. Like, we saw, like you just mentioned, those last two games where they had in one game they had no LeBron and no AD, and they still somehow beat the Thunder, who are a really good team and on the road. Like that, that doesn't happen for teams who are kind of like weak spirited and kind of aren't mentally strong. And I think this team has shown all year that they are resilient. And even when they're kind of counted out during some games or a- anything like that, they've kind of overcome that. And another guy is KCP. Like we we've seen. Yeah. He, he was kind of in that same camp as Dwight where he just got so much criticism early on. Like, I'm sure that if we go back and listen to our old episodes, we criticize oh, him I, also. I am not on the apology tour yet, but I'm getting there. I mean, the guy was shooting like 20% from three, so it was it was understandable. Yeah. But I think like since then, he's been shooting like over 50% or something crazy like that. So, again, like these guys have shown like an ability to bounce back that a lot of good championship caliber teams do. And I think that's been the most impressive thing so far. Um, Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee and KCP are the only three Lakers to play in every single game this year. Wow. So it's been really impressive to see what those, uh, like you said, KCP and for me, Dwight Howard, uh, he gets more minutes than JaVel, even though he hasn't started a game, he averages seven and a half points and seven rebounds. He's just been really good. But as I think it's not just the stats, I think it's the energy that he provides off the bench. And I'm pretty sure that's why, Vogel keeps going to him from the bench is because when he comes in, he just sparks something that 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 second unit needs. And it's been really, really impressive from Dwight Howard. And I didn't I never thought that I would say Dwight Howard is a spark off the spark off the bench 
for the Lakers this year. But really, for me, he is obviously Caruso comes in and does his thing, and we all love it. He's the Caruso. He's the GOAT. Um, LeBron James called him a luxury to have yesterday after the game. You know, and, he, and LeBron was so complimentary of Alex Caruso saying it's not that he's going to show up in the box score every game. It's not that he's going to do this every game. It's that he comes in and does everything, and it's something different every game. So, obviously, Alex Caruso has been really, really great this year. But um, for me, Dwight Howard, I know the stats are not, like, phenomenal, but he's just been so good for me. And um, I wonder, do you think that Dwight Howard and Caruso are actually going to make the All-Star roster? <laughs> it was funny because I did that last podcast for the site on Thursday where, where the like the – like the la- the latest polls came out in terms of where the guys were standing and Crusoe was like Crusoe and Howard were like in the top 10 in their positions. And uh, no, I mean, I don't think they're going to make it, but it, it's hilarious that one final push. I mean, I would starting have been Crusoe keeps climbing. So I don't, if we could get, well, him, he was sixth, right? Yeah. I think he was like eighth or something before. So yeah, if we could get him in the top five, top four, uh, I'd be really pumped for that. Yeah, it was funny because I on my way home tonight, I was listening to a L.A. sports radio station, and he was on, Caruso was on with uh, Petros and Money. Oh, cool. And um, he was talking about, uh, he was asked about how fans have, like, you know, taken to uh, love him and, and made him, like, this phenomenon. And he's like, listen, man, I know it's kind of a joke, but it really pumps me up. <laughs> he's like, I, it just, like, it's great to have that kind of support. He's like, dude, I was in the G League last year, and there was 50 people in the gym max, and now I'm getting chanted of MVP on the free throw line. It's like you have no idea what that does for your, for your, um, your confidence. And he's like, I know it's a joke, but then money's like, dude, but really it's not. Like you come in and you and you play a really good game, and he's like, yeah, I just, I guess, but it just really means a lot to him. So if you go to games and you're tweeting at him, keep doing it because it's working. Yeah, and I have I haven't really heard your thoughts on it, but what about have you heard like any of the backlash? from other fan bases about how much press Caruso does get like on Twitter and stuff. A lot of other teams fans aren't very happy that they see him in the top six or eight in the all-star votes and Bleacher Report constantly tweets out videos of him dunking or clips on like just any kind of ordinary clips. And he gets a lot of coverage for a guy who comes off the bench. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thing is their votes, right? (laughs) So go vote for your team. Like the Laker fans are going out and voting for Caruso, so why don't you go vote for whoever you want on your team? That's not that hard. That's kind of my thought on it as well. Like if you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna crap on that, like then prove it. Like you guys go out and vote your guys as many times, you know. How about you stop tweeting for three minutes about how much you hate, how much Caruso, how much pub (laughs) Caruso's getting, and go vote for three minutes? It's that simple. Like Laker fans aren't going on Twitter complaining about how much Caruso is getting loved. They're going on NBA.com and voting for Alex Caruso, and that's why he's number six in all-star voting in the last round. It's a very simple fix. So, I'm, But as far as Bleacher Report and, and like NBA, like Twitter goes, Caruso is a highlight machine. <laughs> and when you see a 6'4", balding white guy do the things he does, of course it's going to be a highlight. We don't see it often in the NBA. It's uh, it's He has a freakish athletic ability for – and then, I mean, to say – it's true. Like the way he looks, it's surprising. It's not like a common thing in the NBA. So it totally makes sense to me. It's not like bleacher. If, if the Caruso videos were not getting all the love, they wouldn't be tweeting him. You know what I mean? Like if they weren't being liked and retweeted by everybody. So they're they're That's there for a reason. So I understand like the backlash because that's what Twitter is. It's just a cesspool of 
backlash and negativity, but go do something about it. Go vote for your player. Go vote for Damian Lillard. Yeah, no, I think it's like like people who complain about like reboots and these big blockbuster movies. Like these studios make those movies because they make money. Like yep. for a guy a site like Bleacher Report, they know Caruso a Caruso dunk is gonna get how many more retweets than uh I don't know, a Damian Lillard three point shot. Like it <clears throat> excuse me, it could be just it's just simple like views and clicks, how much they can generate. And Crusoe does that. Like just being a Laker and like you said, who he is and the way he looks and also the fact that he can really play and he can really he really has played a really important part for this team. I think that gets overlooked because of this just this huge media buzz he gets. And I think that we also provide a, a helping hand in that because we talk about Alex Caruso all the time on the podcast here on Silver Screen and Roll. Not just us, everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you if you watch, I mean, how many times have you tweeted from the from uh, Lakers SBN uh, for a game? Like you've done it like f- four or five times. Yeah, and it's almost like half of them are just probably Caruso tweets. Yeah, I mean, because we know what people love. And so are we instigating a little bit? Yeah, but who cares? Like when Dwight Howard makes a three, everyone's going to tweet about it. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard has more threes than Ben Simmons. <laughs> like that's I think JaVale might have an equal amount of threes to Ben Simmons this year. I, I think I, I, I forgot who it was, but I, I think Dwight and JaVale are leading the league right now in three-point percentage. <laughs> yeah. Listen, nothing against our – SB Nation brothers that cover like the Pelicans or that cover the Hornets or whatever. Listen, we cover the Lakers. Like that's just kind of it's our fortune. Is like people don't like the Lakers unless you're a Laker fan. Like you know what I mean? It's like the Yankees in baseball. Don't people don't like the Yankees because of all the success they've had in their history. They like to see them fail. People hate the Patriots. People love to see them fail. It's just the way American culture, I think the way sports culture is, even in soccer, people love to see Manchester United fail. Um, it's just the way it is because when you have so much success for a long period of time, people are going to always celebrate your failures and hate your victories. So it just comes with the territory of being a Laker fan and covering a Laker team. No, for sure. And I, I mean, I understand if I was like a small market team fan and a guy like Caruso got more votes or more attention than say my star player because not a lot of people are paying attention to me. I understand why they would get a little upset, but they're not, if they were in our shoes, they would kind of feel the same way about Caruso. And we do kind of feel very, not, I guess, protective of him because it was a guy we saw in the G league. We saw in summer league and he's made it to the roster. And he, he's played a big part. He's overcome a lot of stigma and kind of, uh, he he's gotten really far based on how hard he plays, and I think it's really easy to root for players like that. Like, of course, we've kind of gone gone overblown with how much love and stuff he gets, but he's kind of like one of our own kind of the guys we've seen grown up. And to see him do this, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, to see him do this on a potential championship team, like that's an incredible story. Yeah, and if someone in the NBA knows what you need to win in a championship, it's LeBron James right now. LeBron James, like, he knows the kind of pieces that you need. Let's not forget, when he won in with Cleveland, they, like, turned that team around to get him, like, out. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like they, they – LeBron went there. It didn't work. They traded a bunch of pieces. Then they went out and they won the, the NBA Finals. So, LeBron knows what you need to have a championship team. And he's the one praising Alex Caruso. You know, Frank Vogel's praising Alex Caruso. These are not, like, just – it's not just us. It's players on the team. It's the coaching staff. They see what he's doing, what he provides. And just like LeBron said, it's not always in the box score. 
But if when you play with him, he just is something that you need. He calls him a luxury. So it's not just us, Alex. No, for sure. And if a guy like LeBron is singing your praises, and he's not going to do that for every guy. He's not going to do that for most guys. Rondo. <laughs> like he, he's, I think he's talked, he's credited Caruso more than Rondo this year. Like I think every time someone asks him about Caruso, I think he, it's always very glowing and very uh, positive. So I think that's got to make you feel good for Caruso. And hopefully that, that's a sign that Caruso is going to be here for a while because I'm sure other teams would love to kind of pick him up for cheap at the deadline or something. Yeah, and speaking of the deadline, if you follow the Lakers, you see a lot of reports right now surrounding Kyle Kuzma and the possibility of the Lakers trading him. Um, obviously, the, there's a leak that came out last week. I know you weren't on, Alex, but it was funny because we were talking about how the Lakers leaked that they that they want less leaks this year. <laughs> and then they go out and they they the leaks come out and said that they, they reached out to the Kings about a possible trade for Kyle Kuzma and Bogdanovich. Um if you're the Lakers, though, let's say you're the new vice president of basketball operations like Rob Palinka is now. He's not just the GM. Alex Regla is the vice president of basketball operations. Are you trading Kyle Kuzma? And if you are, what are you trying to trade him for? Because in my opinion, you don't really mess with a team that's 33-7. and seven. So what, what do you say? That's kind of my mindset as well. If, if I'm going to trade Kuzma, it's got to be for someone – who I'm a lot more confident that are, is going to be able to produce in the playoffs and someone who's proven that they can do that in the playoffs. And also it's not going to just be a rental. Like I know it's championship or bust basically these this year and next with LeBron and AD's free agency coming up. So you got to do as much as you can to kind of win now. And I, I totally get, get that Kuzma is the only guy really who's an attractive trade target for other teams, but like, I'm not just going to give him away for, like, a neutral trade asset. Like, I'm not going to get just someone who's going to be produce exactly like how he is. I want someone who I'm very confident is going to outproduce him. And there's and not... His salary is so low. Isn't it like $2.5 million? It's yeah. So if you're going to get that, you probably have to package him. So it's not just Kuzma. You probably have to throw in, like, a, like a, I don't know, an Avery Bradley, a Danny Green maybe? to even get that back don't you that's the thing he only makes under team i think it's like last i checked is like 1.7 million so if you're going to trade him for an impact player impact players don't make 1.7 million they make 11 to 12 million like you said so it's going to be a combination of kuzma daniels cook maybe demarcus cousins's contract like it's going to be a good chunk of the roster and we could say like fine they don't play anyway but they they're still on the on the flights they practice with the team they're still a part of this chemistry and they've kind of, in, in you know, behind the scenes, they're a part of this team, even though we don't see them being a part of this team. So like you said, now, you don't want to mess up with the chemistry just for right. a potential improvement. We're not even sure it's going to be a, an upgrade or not. Right. And But to to be fair, I guess, to the leak, I don't know if I'm being fair to Polinka, whoever leaked it, is Kyle Kuzma himself even admitted that he's a rhythm player. The more I play, the more shots I take, the better I am. And that was very well on display on Friday and Saturday, especially Saturday when both LeBron and AD didn't play. Um, he scored 26 and 36 those two games, but he also took 22 and 24 shots. Now, when AD and LeBron are, are, are back and healthy, Kyle Kuzma's not taking 24 shots on any game. Mm -hmm. So, I like if Kyle Kuzma is dependent on volume, then is it smart to trade him because you're not going to get the best out of him because he's not that kind of player. 
it's definitely something they have to consider because they're gonna have to pay him soon. Not this year or next year, but his he's gonna be up for he's gonna be up for another contract. He's not gonna be that cheap anymore. So if you're gonna commit to a player long term and you're gonna kind of still build around AD potentially and LeBron if he re-ups for another deal, and you know that Kuzma isn't that comfortable playing with those guys, those guys, why not trade him now where you can get something to help you win a championship now if he's not gonna be in your long term plans? So yeah, I def- is it, I guess I go back to the point like is it worth it to package him for something else like is it really worth giving up Danny Green's uh, three point potential in the playoffs to try and get in I don't even know like who you would bring in that would that would make it worth it in my opinion so there's a few names here let me throw out a few names let's see if okay. you would if you would do this so say, essentially if you package Kuzma with Cook and Demarcus Cousins I think you get to like twelve thirteen million in terms of like salary outgoing salary so that can get you a player like Robert Covington for Minnesota. Would you do that deal? I don't think so. Okay. Like, I guess, I guess the, you know, the counterpoint would be Covington's a much better defender, very good defender. Right. He, he gives you that wing defender. This team has been looking for. You could throw him, throw him on Kawhi or Paul George in the playoffs. Right. He's a really good three point shooter. Like he was shaky in the playoffs when he was with Philadelphia, but teams love him like every team he's gone on they've performed much better when he's been on the floor versus off so he's a guy i think they would take a look at for sure um another what do you think do you like that i i would i i I do but i i definitely get why they wouldn't do it i would Would love wolves do that i think they would like i think just because you're gonna be able to dump demarcus's salary basically yeah and you're gonna get kuzma who's very cheap controllable and, yeah and it, it fits better your timeline a little better because they're not competing at this stage yet and right it gives you another young really cheap asset for another year where covington i mean he's a great player and you can maybe hold on to him and try to trade him for something else but i think they're definitely shopping him um mm-hmm. what about so this is one that's kind of been thrown thrown around a lot what about a deal with detroit where a guy like Derek rose and someone else like um, one of the morris brothers comes back yeah, I have a, I have a, I have like this like little knack for the Morris brothers. I think the Lakers would be, would would be benefit from someone like a Morris brother in the playoffs. Someone, someone tough. Someone like, as great as LeBron James and Anthony Davis are, do they really scream tough at you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I feel like every championship team kind of has that guy, the the Draymond Green kind of guy, and and the Lakers, I think really don't have that i think they would have that if demarcus cousins was healthy but right now i just don't see that like that that like kind of snap your ass into place if you're getting it you know what i mean like someone to get in your face obviously no one's really gonna get in lebron's face but you know what i mean like Like, they don't have that guy and i feel like the morris brothers either one would really provide that um and that really is going all in for this year which is the plan um i kind of like that one though I mean, Derek Rose definitely would provide that scoring guard that this team's been missing. And he's been really quietly the last two seasons, but actually pretty good, like yeah. in terms of scoring the ball and passing and stuff like that. Um, but is it Derek Rose kind of going to take the third wheel seat? You know, like, is he really going to shoot 11 times a game and not 24 and 23 like he did two of the last three games? If that's the that's the question. Then what happens? I don't with know Rondo? if like Derek Rose is on that mental path of being the third wheel again i feel like derrick rose is enjoying the resurrection that he's had as being the guy like he loves doing that obviously if you get traded you don't have to say but um that's a big 
like mesh question. I like the basketball more than the Covington trade, mm-hmm. but I feel like it would be a difficult mesh than if you do the Covington. Does that make sense? No, like, it, it. I totally yeah. get and, and a guy like Derek Rose and one of the more Markeith Morris is definitely a little riskier in terms of locker room chemistry than a guy mm-hmm. like Robert Covington. So, and then you do have Rondo on the team still too. I was going to say, are we totally sure Rondo isn't still going to be getting minutes even if Rose is on the oh, team? So. Rondo is getting <laughs> all the minutes still. Like, dude, <laughs> we have a Rondo problem. We for sure have a Rondo problem. And I think before they even consider trading Kuzma, I think they also have to kind of figure out if Darren Collison is actually realistically right. an option because if you can get Darren Collison for free, you know, you're not giving anything up, does that change your mindset of if you want to trade Kuzma for then go for another wing option like a Covington or are you just like you know what we're good with Kuz like we have the point guard we needed with with Collison we can keep Kuz and we can go from here so it's all kind of like said on what happens with Collison and how this changes but I Kuzma definitely needs to show in this next couple weeks before the deadline that he can play besides uh beside LeBron and AD or else you know Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if he's gonna be in the long-term plans or not yeah, I think that's. Is there any more options that you have, or those two? Trust me, I looked like at all the <laughs> last couple of weeks. It's it's really hard because, like you said, he makes so little money. Like yeah. you can't go get impact players. Like there's Bogdanovich. Like well, the, the, I just don't see how that that's an upgrade. I really just don't see it. And I'm not sure if the Kings actually want to do that. Like every report since then has said the Kings are not interested in that type of deal. So. No, I ask if you had another one because I watched uh, a, a Twitter video today by Stephen A. Smith <laughs> saying that the Lakers should package Kyle Kuzma and somebody for Devin Booker of the Suns. And I was like, yes, I will trade. Sure. I would likely, I would love to do that straight, Stephen A. Smith. But why the F would the Suns give us Devin Booker for any package involving Kyle Kuzma? I mean, maybe if this was 2K, like any turned off, like any turned off. They wouldn't force even trade. let you. <laughs> yeah, you would need to turn on force trade, where no matter what yeah. trade offer you set, you would get that player. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to live in this reality where Stephen A. Smith lives, or we could just trade anyone for whoever we want. I think Stephen A. Smith is is on is is in football mode right now, and he just had a brain fart because I don't know how that got on air today. Because <laughs> there's no way the Suns would ever do that. Um, and I don't even know how the Lakers would make that salary match, but I mean, I'm down because obviously if you have Anthony Davis, LeBron James and Devin Booker, I like those chances. Oh man, for sure. Like I, <laughs> now it got me excited about that possibility. I'm sure people are already doing the Photoshop jerseys with, uh, Devin Booker already as the Laker guaranteed. It's already up somewhere. Guaranteed. It might even already be up on at Lakers SBN <laughs> for real. All right, Alex. Well, We'll see what happens with Kuzma, but you said it perfectly. He needs to mesh better with LeBron and AD while they're on the court. And we all know the off the court, you know, rumors that have circulated with him and LeBron already. And, and the memes are in full force. And I participated in it as well, because every, you know, history says once you cross LeBron, you're going to get traded. And then all of a sudden the leaks come out real quick. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens here before the trade deadline. But like we do every week to finish off our podcast, um, the Lakers play Wednesday, so most of you are listening. Are it's tonight? Um, they play against the Magic at seven thirty. Then they travel to Houston. Then they travel to Boston. So a tough two game road trip. I would probably, if I was Frank Vogel, give AD until Saturday to play. I wouldn't really risk it on Wednesday. They've done pretty okay without him, three and zero without him. Mm-hmm. And I would save AD for the uh, Saturday Monday turnaround at Houston at Boston. 
But like we do every week, Alex, what do you think? Three games until we're back next week. What do you think? I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go two and one. I think that. I think they're gonna beat Orlando, even if AD doesn't play. Um, even though that's been a tough matchup both both times they played Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. That Houston game, I'm not sure. Uh, Houston's always given us issues. I think James Harden's just unbelievable, and I think that's gonna be a, a matchup. I'm really interested to see who guards James Harden because in the past it's been. Josh Hart and he's get he gets completely destroyed by James Harden every time they play. So I'm, I want to see how Danny Green does on him. I want to see how LeBron does on him. So I, I kind of hope AD does play for that game just to see that matchup because it could be a Western Conference Finals preview that game. And of course yeah. Boston. I, I I just hope they beat Boston no matter what. So I'm going to count yeah, that it's as a one. Martin Luther King Day. So it's a TNT game at 4:30 our time here. That's a really interesting game. Yeah. What do you think? How do you think they do? Um. I like two and one. I just don't know where's the one. I don't know if it's at Houston or at Boston. I think they do beat the Magic, even though, like you said, they have played them close. Um, I don't know how they match up against two agile guards like um, the Rockets. I think they match up a little bit better with the Celtics. So I think the Saturday night game will be a little tricky. I just think LeBron in Boston, he kind of, you know, he's so comfortable there. AD will definitely be back by Monday, even if he's not back by Saturday. I like that. Um, I like the so I guess two and one with the with the one loss coming in Houston. Yeah, same here. I, I like you bring up that good point with Westbrook and Harden. Like that's a really tough combo that I'm really excited to see how they how they handle that because with they Westbrook out there, yeah, they struggled with the with the the fast guards and the and the quick guards for a very long time. Exactly. Have. So it's not just this year. It's been even when they were winning championships, they struggled with the guard play. So. But this is the is this the Grammy road trip? Because they're on the road until January twenty eighth when they play the Clippers again. It might be. I'm not sure. I've I've a, I have a double check. But yeah, I know it's they're gonna be on the road for a while now. Yeah, they got an East Coast swing starting in Boston and New York, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and then oh, wow. back back in LA Tuesday, January twenty eighth on TNT to take on the Clippers. So um, hopefully uh, AD does come back because anytime you play that many games on the road with a back to back in New York and Brooklyn. Um, it's always good to be full health, but if not, man, give Kyle Kuzma 24 shots because that's working. No, for sure. Like, and I'm sure he'd be happy to get those shots too. So yeah, like this is his chance. Like I was saying on the other pod the other day that like if AD is going to be out, this is a perfect chance for him to get that rhythm with LeBron, get that, those, those shots that he wasn't getting earlier in the season. Hopefully then when AD does come back, he's in a better rhythm where he kind of is in a better groove because earlier in the season when he would catch the ball, he would look very nervous and kind of hesitant and wasn't sure what kind of shots he was supposed to take. But when he kind of just goes out there and free flows and plays within himself, he looks like a different player. Yeah, he really does. Uh, well, Alex, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. I'm at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. We are with you guys every Wednesday. We record on Tuesday nights. Some of you might hear it on Tuesday night. Um, it was good to get back at this, man. Nice little month break for us, and now we're back. Feels good, man. Like I said, it's it's been a while, so I'm happy to be back. All right. Well, thank everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet on Apple, Spotify, wherever we're at. Uh, follow at LakersSBN on Twitter. Visit SilverScreenAndRoll.com, and we will talk to you guys next week. Alex, thank you. Thank you.